to talk about this. If you remember way back to the beginning of the year, we began to talk, the, the, what's the uh, theme for the year? Does anybody remember? Ambassador, because you have the, uh, the, the, the cards right in front of you here that say it's the year of the ambassador. Um, we've been talking about being ambassadors for Christ, and how do we do that? What, what is that? We, we spent the first few months uh, talking strongly about it, and then um, when we got into summer, we really took a kind of a right turn and, and, and was, we're talking about time between times. And I've thought many times, Lord, but I thought this was the year of the ambassador. I thought, we were, why, am I, why are you not having me talk more about being ambassadors? You know, what is an ambassador? So on and so forth. And the, the Lord said something very interesting, which I'll hold off for just a moment. But I want to pray because um, this morning I want you to catch something that uh, I can't do it in my own strength. It has to be something that the Holy Spirit does by the Holy Spirit. So let's, let's go to him first, because the word says that we should commit our ways unto him, and he'll bless the work of our hands. So let's pray. Father, we do commit this, this time unto you. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you do love us, and we do have a revelation of that. We have a revelation. Each one of us has a, a portion of that revelation, and, and that revelation is growing within us. But Lord, we're not satisfied. We're not, we're not okay with just knowing you this much. We want to know you more. We want to know you in, in your power, in your glory, in your, in your greatness, and in your love, and in your mercy. And we want to know you in those areas more every day. Father, this day, I pray that by your Spirit you'll teach us, you'll lead us where you want us to go today and where, where you'll want us to understand you more and, and how we fit into this plan. Thank you, Lord, for using my words and making them your words. And anything that is just my opinion, my words, let them fall to the ground, Lord. Thank you for your Spirit who does lead us and guide us into all truth. Thank you, Father, that that progressive uh, learning, that progressive leading, leads us into more and more truth all the time. Thank you for this day, Lord, for this word. And we just give it to you now, Lord, to do as you desire according to your plans and purposes. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. beginning with verse 16, and this is really where we started out this year, but I wanted to, to highlight this so that it's fresh in our minds. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, through verse 21, says, So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, 
so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Who are we? Why are we? What are we? What is this thing we call Christianity? What is this thing we call uh, a relationship with Christ? What is this thing that, that he's leading us uh, through in our lifetime? What is our purpose here? Why are you here? Why are you a Christian? Why are you, why, what, what caused you to become a Christian and why are you still a Christian? You know you have a choice, you can walk away from it. Why are you still a Christian? Is, there, is it because it's a fire insurance? Or is it because there's a deeper, more meaningful, more powerful reason why you continue in this relationship with Jesus Christ? It's good to ask ourselves these questions because we can get into a rut where we start living a certain way where, where, we, where, where we continue to be a Christian or call ourselves a Christian because it's just what we do. Well, I'm not a Muslim, so I'm a Christian. I'm not an atheist. I have to believe, you know, I don't believe there's a God, so I must be, I, you know, and I don't really believe there's all these other, I'm, I'm, so I'm a Christian. Or is there a bigger, deeper purpose and reason behind why you live the way you live and and i believe there is and i believe that there's a deeper more more powerful reason why we do this why we come together why we get together on a, on a weekly basis and why we do these things and 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 you know part of it is the reason we get together is we want to grow we're learning, you know, and, and, and whether it's a Sunday morning service, whether it's a Wednesday night Bible school, whether it's youth group, whether it's the children's ministry, whether it's the, the Friday uh, uh, women's Bible study on Daniel, or whether it's the women's retreat that are, that's just finishing up and they're getting ready to come home. You know, all these different things we do so that we can grow. But is that why we're called to be here? Is just growing the, the, the main thrust behind why we are who we are and what we are. Because to tell you the honest truth, you know, there are all kinds of people on television and radio who are better teachers than I am. Better preachers than I am. Now, I know that's hard to believe. I know that's hard to believe. But you can get teaching anywhere. You can read. There's, you know, there's umpteen numbers of books out there that, that tell you how you should live your life. They, and they're scriptural. They're good stuff. It's, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, you know, in any way belittling that. There are good, there's good stuff out there. So why do we get together? Why do we come together and what is our purpose as a church? I believe it goes directly to the verses that we just read. I believe that we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. I believe that is our purpose. That is who we are. We are called to be ambassadors. And ambassadors, and we talked about this at the beginning of the year, is someone who is sent into hostile territory or a foreign territory to represent the, the, the uh, thoughts, the beliefs, the, the understandings, the, you know, the teachings. Our position of our country, our kingdom sends out an ambassador to represent who we are to someone who doesn't know who we are. An ambassador is somebody who is sent out. He's a sent one. Remember a few weeks ago I said that, you know, we are an apostolic church. 
There are some churches that aren't apostolic. They're not, they aren't going out outside of even their four walls. They don't go anywhere. You know? We've been here since 1847. You're right. You're still there in 1840. Since eight, you haven't gone anywhere. On the other hand, we go places. Sometimes, I've heard, we go too much. I get that. I hear that. It's hard work going. It's hard work getting outside of our comfort zone. It's hard work. It's uncomfortable always stretching, always, always looking, always wondering, always, always believing that there's something outside that we're supposed to do, whether it be, and, and I don't want to get this all about foreign missions because it's easy to do that. We do that a lot. And actually, <laughs> the slideshow that I have is about foreign missions, but I don't want that to become the only focus because anywhere you go, in the name of Christ, you're an ambassador. You're a sent one. When you go to work tomorrow morning, you are an ambassador to that place. Somebody, I, my wife and I were talking about, and I, and I maybe you, one of you out here, I don't know. Somebody just changed jobs, and, and, and I was talking to my wife about it, and they said, God must need that person in that place. Did they just change jobs? I can't remember who we were talking about. That's the way it is. If you change jobs, it's, it, you know, it may be a, a, an upward movement, it may be a downward movement, it may be a lateral movement, but it doesn't matter. The reason you're being led to go in that place is because God needs you to, to, to be Christ in that place, wherever it is. And God needs people in every position. He needs people in every area of life. And, you know, praise God, we are. This church is a, is a you know, a widespread picture of God wanting people in all kinds of areas of life. And we're to be Christ. We're to represent the kingdom. We're to rep represent the kingdom of God's position on life. We're not here, we as Christians are not here to represent my opinion of the way things should be wherever I go. Because if my opinion doesn't line up with the kingdom of God's opinion, the kingdom of God's position, two things, one of two things needs to happen. Either I need to change my position or I need to stop talking. Because if it doesn't line up with this, then I have no right representing the kingdom of God by saying, well, I believe this. I, I believe some other position than the one that this says is, is true. That's actually a whole other sermon that's coming down the road here. We'll talk about that later. But wherever we go, whatever God's given us as gifts and talents and, and, and heart and desire and whatever it is, that is what we're supposed to do. And, and we're supposed to do that on an individual basis, but we also do it as a church. And this morning, I want, to, I want to cast that vision again. Sometimes we come together and I teach. Sometimes I come, you come together and God has me preach, whatever, and you might learn something that way. 
But I feel strongly this morning, once again, to share the vision of who we are. Because it's good to understand who you are. It's good to understand why you are. What is this? What, why do we come together? Why do we get together? We could go anywhere. It's America. You can go anywhere and do anything you wanted to today. Why did you come here? Hopefully it's because God's leading you here. That's, that's my ultimate, and I believe, you know, and I'm not, I'm not questioning anybody here. Maybe I am. Not my purpose, anyway. Hopefully you're led here. Hopefully you're, you're led here. God has led you here and to br- you know, for you to bring your supply, your gift, your talent, your heart, your love, your, you know, whatever it is, to bring your supply to this thing that he calls River Valley Christian Church to see the vision fulfilled. And the vision can't be fulfilled fully unless you're here. Unless you're a part of it. Because if, if you're called here and you're not here, I'm not saying every day, every time the door opens, that would be fun, but what I mean is if, you're, if your heart isn't fulfilling what God's calling you to do, your talent, your gift, your, your drive, all of those things aren't here to do what God's calling you to do. If you say, no, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that because I just I don't want to. then it won't be fulfilled to the level that he wants it to be. And I'm not talking about just the adults in the room. Young people, you have gifts and talents and, and, and desires, and God has a plan that he has you here for this time. doesn't mean that when you're in college you'll go, you, know, you won't go somewhere else. That happens. But right now he has you here to learn and to grow and to be a part of this kingdom, this this. This representation of the kingdom in this area, he has you here because he wants you to learn something. And he wants you to contribute to this because you have gifts and talents of your own. Why do we exist? Pure and simple. To be ambassadors for Christ everywhere that we go. Representing the kingdom. That was my other reason for having... Jane share this morning because it's a perfect rep- it's a it's a perfect example of that. She wasn't being self-promoting. I called her up here. She did, she actually we talked earlier, you know, well we emailed back and forth a while back. She goes, "I really don't want to promote myself." I said, "You know, I never I don't think I responded to you actually, but <laughs> the problem with emails, you don't have to respond if you don't want, you know, if you don't get around to it." She's not but what she's doing is a perfect representation of she's using her talent for the kingdom of God. You have talents. You have talents. Or we, we band together and we help somebody else fulfill the call on their life. So in this situation, you know, we as a church, I want to get behind this and help out. I've already committed to, at the, uh, at the uh, uh, exhibit, the opening night of the exhibit, they're going to have a reception we're going to do the refreshments. You know, we're going to be there to support and to, and, to, and to do the refreshments and do all that kind of stuff, which I think is just exciting because, you know, it's at somebody else's church. Ooh. Can we do that? I don't know, Pastor Greg. We're going to cross denominational lines. Ooh. 
Yeah, gasp. Horror of horrors. But what if they don't believe exactly like we do? They don't. But you know what's great? They love us. And we love them. Who cares what the sign says outside their building? They believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that their only way to heaven is through his salvation. Blah, 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 the blood of Jesus, the word of God is, is inerrant. Blah, blah, blah. They believe all that core stuff and a whole bunch of stuff we don't believe. And they believe, we believe a whole bunch of stuff they don't believe. But the core stuff is, is there. And so what, you know what? I love working with those guys. And they love working with us. How do I know that? Because when I, when I run into their people, I don't even know them. I'll be at the store someday and they walk, hey, Pastor John, I'm going, I'm really sorry, I don't know. Oh, I go to such and such a church. I really love our, when, we, when we got together in the park. I love when we get together for National Day of Prayer. I love, to, I love all, you know, because we're the body of Christ. I love that stuff. That's who we are. Somebody says, well, what, what kind of church are you? Oh, you know, I don't know. We're the body of Christ, and we love each other. So we're helping out. We need your help. We need your help in a lot of different ways. One is something, we need some people to help serve the refreshments, be there for, during the reception and make sure stuff happens. But you know what the biggest thing that we need to do as the body of Christ is to help with this project? Let's pray. Because something we've learned a long time ago Nothing happens without prayer. What is the most important thing you can do? You can pray. You can come on Sunday night and pray. You can come Wednesday morning and we pray. You know, you can be here on Saturday, Sunday morning and pray. You, there's all kinds of opportunities of collective prayer. But you can pray on your way to work tomorrow. You can pray on your way home today. You can pray while the Vikings are playing some sort of football. Today, when it gets really bad and you just can't watch it anymore, <laughs> pray. Not just for them, but pray for this project. It's an opportunity. Be hooked up with this and pray. When you pray, you're a part of it. But I also want to just very quickly go through a series of slides because... I want to keep showing you that another thing that we're a part of, we're doing things here at home. This is one example of it. There's other things. The church, the, the two churches that we've started in the valley, uh, St. Croix Falls is continuing to move forward. The, the, uh, the church up in Grandy is really moving forward. I tried to pull some pictures up during worship because I realized I didn't put any pictures of them. But they have bought a building. They're remodeling it. They need help. You know, we're talking about taking some of our men up on a weekend and doing some work, helping them do the work project, do a work project with them, because we're part of the body of Christ. We're with them. They're us. They're, we're them. They could use money. Just, you know, the way it is. If you want to give towards that project, they're, do, they're building. They bought the building. I don't know if I should say this. That's not on TV today, is it? Good. They bought the building, and they bought the building, a house, a garage, and 10 acres of land. And the cost of that building, it's a, it's a 6,000 or 7,000 square foot building. They'll have a sanctuary as big as ours. They'll be able to hold 250 people without tables and everything else. But they're remodeling it as they have the money. Right now they bought it, and the price that they paid for all of that property and the land, they, they are renting the house out to a halfway house for women 
The rent off the house is paying all of that, their mortgage every week. They don't, they don't pay a, a penny out of their general fund to pay the mortgage on, their, on that property. It is completely t t covered in there. So now they're, they're going to remodel as they have money. They need money. We want to help them. If you want, if you have, if it's on your heart to do so, give towards it. It's awesome. It's a great opportunity. Grandy, the River Valley Christian Church. Grandy. There's other things that we're doing in the valley. We do we do things in town. We do things in this area. We'll talk more about that on on, on another day when I have pictures. I should have had pictures of that. But I want to show you real quick. I just want to recast this vision a little bit more. We go to Sikahid. We go to Romania. This last summer, we took 32 people on a mission trip. Now look around us. Look around here. There's maybe 100 people in here, maybe a little bit more, 110, 120. One-third of you went on this mission trip. That's amazing. That's amazing to me. That is so cool. That is so wonderful. We go to Sikhi, Romania. We build houses. Oh, back, 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 back. Not yet, not yet. Thank you. And that project, we, we went and built houses this summer. I don't have pictures of that, even though I should. See, and I, see I keep messing up. But I do have pictures of Sikhi in just a moment. But that is one portion of the, of the foreign outreach in, in Romania and, and Hungary. The other side, now go ahead, are these boxes that you see. You know, why, why are we having church in a, in a warehouse? <laughs> Anybody wonder that yet? Don't have to, you don't have to acknowledge that, but if you, are you wondering why are, we, why are we having church in a warehouse? You know, when are these boxes going away? When do we get to have our sanctuary back? Our sanctuary... It is. You know, it helps. It kind of muffles a little bit. I actually like the boxes. It looks like we're doing something. <laughs> if you had a room that had perfect rows and everything was clean and pristine with flowers, I mean, we have some flowers, but you know what I'm talking about? Everything was just, oh, it's so beautiful. You know, you can do that and then not have anything going on whatsoever. Our problem is we got stuff going on. And the stuff that's going on keeps getting bigger and bigger. We'll talk about that in a moment. I'm really sorry I'm running over, but who cares? Next slide. The house, we, remember this last year we went to 32 people to Sikahid? That's where Sikahid is in northwestern Romania, uh, between Aradia, Debertson, Satumari, right in that area. Go to the next slide. This last summer, remember we had the riot, a new church started out of the riot. It's a whole other story. They need to build a building. They are in the... It was, it's absolutely amazing. I wish I had all kinds of time to explain this in the absolute fullest. These men, these, these gypsies, have nothing. They have no money. They, have, they're, they're, they're living day to day. Marta calls over and said, and said can I, you know, to one of the, to the houses, or to the cell phone, and said, and one of the daughters, one of the children, picked up the phone and said, you know, is your parents there? And she said, no, they're out selling a pig. They said, why? Why are they selling your pig? And they said, well, they feel like they're supposed to build a church and they don't have any money to do it, so they, needed, they, they decided to sell the pig. Marta said, don't tell, when, you, when they come back, tell them, don't sell the pig. Talk to me first. So they came back home. They couldn't sell the pig, which is actually, actually a miracle in itself. You can always sell a pig over there. It's not a problem. They couldn't find a buyer for the pig. They brought the pig back home. They called Marta. They said, yeah, we couldn't sell the pig. Why? What, what's the deal? And then she said, what are you doing selling the pig? Why are you selling the pig? And they said, because God told us to build a church. We don't have any money, so that we realized there's some money we can make, so we're going to go sell the pig and start building the church. She goes, stop. Don't sell the pig. 
how much money do you need? And they said, well, we really don't know. We haven't figured it out yet. But we're just starting. We're being obedient. We're starting to work on it. And she said, let's just pray about it for a week. So they began to pray about it. I haven't talked about it a lot. I've just shared that they're doing, they're building this building. Haven't talked about the, the, the financial need, so on and so forth. Haven't really felt led to, weirdly enough, but it's very interesting what's been happening. They started digging. So they dug the footings. They started out digging the footings, and here's the footings being laid. They had nothing. And somebody called up and gave them $2,000 to start the concrete work. Somebody just gave them, here's, here, we, we feel like we're supposed to give money towards, the, is, there, is there a need in Sikahid right now? And Marta said, yes, there is. We need to put, they, they want to build a church. Well, how much do they need? Well, we figure now, now we know it's about $14,000 for everything, $10,000 to get it closed up for winter. $10,000. They said, well, we'll give you two. Gave them $2,000. So they started digging, they laid the footings. Next. Here they are mixing the concrete. You'll see that's Auntie on the right in the gray shorts and the no shirt. And I believe that's Karchi behind him. So they're working. That's how they're, that's how they're making all of the concrete for everything. Next. There's the, that's the foundation. That church is going to be huge. I mean, I, you know, huge, not compared to our standards, but compared to their standards, when a house is 10 foot by 10 foot, This is the backyard, yes. This is Karchi's backyard. Former garden. Okay, that's faith. They didn't have any money. And they start building a church that big. Next. Here they're pouring the concrete, they're pouring the floors. Next. Here they're, it's a government job. There's three of them standing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not a government job. Next. Here's the brick coming in. Somebody else called up and said, you know, is there a project going on over there? You know, and and they, they heard there was a project. They said, we'll give you $2,000. Somebody else decided to give $2,000. That person's from here. I won't say who it is. I know who it is because they, they, they said, I, I, I feel like God's telling me to give $2,000 towards, what are they doing over there? Shared the vision. And he says, I, I, we're spo- I'm supposed to give you $2,000. Gave us $2,000. Next. Here they're, they're all working together. Some of you recognize the boy on the left. Don't know the guy in the middle. But you can see there's two rooms. There's at least two sections of rooms they're building. Those, and those aren't the mud bricks. Why, don't, why do they make us work with mud bricks and they get to use the good stuff? Next. Here, look at all the people working. Here's the amazing thing is these are all people from the church and they're working for free. If you know anything about gypsies, they don't work for anything. It's changing. They're catching the vision. The other exciting thing is I don't recognize three quarters of these people because these people, once they started doing this, the church went from nothing, well, from 30 people, to over 150 in one day. The next time they got there was 200. And now it's stabilized out a bit. But these people, I don't, I don't ever, they're just, they're getting involved. So some, they had enough to the, do the concrete. They didn't had enough to, to, to start the walls next. Here they're working together. Everybody's working. All kids are working. Adults are working. Go. Here they're starting to lay the walls, the, the, the walls of the, the building. Here's the walls at the next level. 
Okay, stop there. That's about where they are. Maybe there's one more. Go one more. Yep. That's where they're at as of yesterday. They had nothing. Somebody else came to one of the people in our church this last week and said, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to give some money towards the project. We hadn't even talked about it. I mean, we just barely mentioned this project. And God, remember the book we read a couple of years ago that I had you guys read, the, the, the story about George Mueller and how God provided for him miraculously? We haven't made a big deal out of this. We haven't said, we're starting this fund drive, we're, we're going to help you. We've just mentioned that, it, that it's going on. And in the last four weeks, $6,000 of the, the $10,000 they need to have it closed up has come in. God is doing this. It's, just, it's, it's, it's him doing it. And I haven't felt led to, to make a big deal out of it yet. And I know why now. Because he wanted me to see he can do whatever he wants to do. And he can do it when he wants to do it. And how? They didn't have anything. They were going to sell a pig six weeks ago. And they now have walls almost all the way up. These men, because they're building this, aren't working. Now I say that because it means if they're not working, they're not making wages to buy food for their family. If it's on your heart. To meet the wages. That's what's on my heart. Next. That's another picture. I didn't know there were. Now, the other, there's really two portions of what's going on, and it really all stemmed from the mission trip. Part of it was this building. The other part is this clothing with Pastor Pavel and, and Irina uh, in Minsk. If you see Belarus, right in the middle of Belarus is Minsk. That's where they live. Uh, Romania is below Ukraine, right? No, it's over on this side. It's over uh, to the west and south of even uh, Poland. But you'll see Minsk is in the middle of, middle of Belarus. Down in the, the corner, the left corner, is, is a town called Ratsiborts. Right? Close? Ratsiborts? Ratsiborts is a town that a friend of Pastor Pavel's lives in who has a warehouse. And he has a warehouse where he'll store this clothing. This is the other side of the vision of what we're doing. Is that we're going to be shipping this clothing to Ratsiborts in about three weeks. And so what they will do is it'll be housed there because if you take the whole shipment into Belarus because it's a dictatorship, because it's a communist country, they'll take it. They'll just, they'll just take it. Or they'll, they'll charge so much money you'll never get it in. So what we're doing is we can get it into Poland for about $10,000. That's all the way through. And once it's there, then it'll be warehouse. They'll come down from Minsk. How far of a drive? About 500 miles, they'll drive down to Ratsaborts, fill up a van with stuff, take it in piece by piece. They'll be able to get across the border that way. These boxes. So we, uh, we had uh, the, 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 the uh, clothing place up in um, Dresser, Wisconsin, that gave us about, you know, this whole side was full of clothing. And we sorted it over, the last, over that one week last week, and we now have 80 boxes that are either full, completely full, or the ones on top are half or three-quarters or quarter, whatever it is. But those, that's about 80 boxes up there. So then, when we realized we only had half of what we, we, what we need, we need 160. We only have 80. We prayed about it. And I felt led to start sending out emails. I sent out emails to six churches. 
those six churches. I've been watching their Facebook, their, their emails, because I get all that kind of stuff, and, and the people are excited. They're giving. They're, they're cleaning out their closets. They're getting rid of stuff. Those six churches are also talking to other churches. As of yesterday, I know right now, there are 11 churches in the Twin Cities area in Wisconsin that are a part of this project. And they hear about it and they go, oh my gosh, I want to be a part of this. And they're getting their whole church involved. I got a phone call on Friday from Vern Norton, who's also a part of this. And he says, Pastor John, you're not going to believe what just happened. I said, what? And he goes, I just went over and I picked up a, a, a trailer load of clothing that I'm going to be bringing over tomorrow, Monday. And he says, he said, a man walked up to me with a suitcase. And he says, my wife wants you guys to have this. And he said, okay, we're not sending suitcases. He goes, not, it's not the suitcase, it's what's inside. He says, he opened it up, and there was an a, a immaculate shape mink coat that's well, worth well over $1,000. And Vern goes, I don't think we're going to send this over. Because they really can't. And he goes, no, no, no. He says, I don't care what you do with it. He goes, you can do anything you want with it. And so he says, can we sell it and use it for the shipping? He goes, yeah, give it. Just, he says, you can sell it and, and use it for the shipping. God is moving. And we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of being an ambassador. What, what is an ambassador? Wherever we go, whatever we do, we, we, we share the love of God. We, we be Christ to whoever we come in contact with. How, do, how is this showing love? Oh my goodness. Cleaning out your closet is an act of love. And not just between a parent and a child. When they sell this in the market in Belarus, when they sell this clothing, it's going to be worth about $150,000 to $170,000. And it's costing us $10,000 to ship it. And then, it not only do, we, do they get that money and they can use that money to, to, to support their families and uh, bring the gospel into Western Europe, but it's also starting a business. The next load, we don't pay anything. They pay all the shipping costs. It becomes a business for them. It's teaching them business. We're not just feeding them fish. We're teaching them to fish. We're helping them to fish. The lady up in, in, uh, in Dresser who gave us all the, the clothing the first time around called me this week. She goes, you need more clothing? And I said, yeah. And she goes, my gosh, people keep bringing me more clothing. She goes, I, she goes, I don't have as much as I had before, but I have clothes. I said, we'll be there Monday. It just keeps growing and growing. Uh, someone gave me a, a sheet of paper after prayer one, one week. We were having prayer, and this person, the Lord had spoke to them and wrote down some things. This is before we ever talked about this project, any of it. So I had this piece of paper in, my, in, a, in a folder that I have in my office, and every once in a while I'd look at it going, God, what is this? Because you could tell there was something about what, it, what God had said. And in it, they, the, they was talking about a project, doing something for God, and that we would not see the fullness of it until God did what he was about to do and expanding it. It has gotten so much bigger because, all, I mean, we were one church doing this four weeks ago. 
Now it's 11 churches doing it. And we haven't had, all I did was send out six, six emails. That's it. Literally, six emails. God keeps igniting people's hearts on this, and it's bringing the body of Christ together. It's not just about us. It's about, I mean, there's, there's a Lutheran church. <laughs> That's involved. There's a Baptist church that's involved. It's the body of Christ. Who cares what denominate? Who cares who we are? We are the body of Christ. We're the kingdom of God. We just get to be the ones that get to have church with the boxes in our sanctuary. That's who we are. We are, wherever we go, whatever we're doing, we are, we are being the body of Christ. Go ahead and go to the next one. This is Pastor Pavel and Irina. I, I'm showing the pictures because there was some confusion. Some people thought that the clothing was going to the gypsies and the, you know, so on and so on. No, this is going to Belarus. That's Pastor Pavel and Irina. Next. This is Minsk. You can't get much better picture than that. That, that, is, that is what Minsk feels like. It is gray and it is depressing. Economically, spiritually, socially, people walk around all day long like this. Nobody looks you in the eyes. Nobody smiles. You smile, they think, uh-oh, here, something's wrong. Next. This is their family, their kids. Next. These are uh, three of the four men that are going to be very closely involved in this. Pastor Pavel, well, the four, fourth man is, is Brian. That's in the, you know, Brian. Right behind him is Pastor Pavel. Well, there sh I should say four of the five men who are closely involved in this, because Brian's closely. There's Brian, Pastor Pavel's behind him. To the left is Nikolai, and he is a businessman. He owns a shoe repair uh, factory, right? Is that the best way to describe it? He owns five shoe repair factories. And he already hires a bunch of people from the church, but he can't hire all of them because they have to be skilled labor. But he owns, so he's a businessman, so he's a part of this project. In front of him is, I can't remember his name. Andre. Andre is, was our interpreter when we were there, and it's his friend that owns the warehouse in Ratsiborts. So that's the connection there. And then there's one other man who just, you'll, if you, hopefully someday you'll meet him because he is a blast. He looks like Mark Twain on steroids. Uh, he's just, and he's just... Ah, full of life. I mean, you could tell he's saved. And he talks about that. He says, you know, I, you know, I was wondering, man, he's, he's really vivacious for somebody from Minsk, but he's born again. And he knows the difference between darkness and light. And he's just like, ah, you know, he's just, he's wild. He's just fun. And his name is uh, Alexander. And so he's the other man. He's a businessman. He actually sells clothing on the street. There's our, there's our connection of somebody who knows how to do that. And so and he was the one who was going through this going, oh man, I can sell a pair of jeans for $40. A used pair of American jeans for 40 bucks on the street. I can sell a, women's, a woman's blouse for 10 bucks. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. And he's going, this kind of quality, absolutely. No problem, it'll be gone. We'll sell it easily. So their, their, their plan is to start a, uh, start a store in Minsk and also a store in Poland and be able to sell in both places. And I believe that this vision, what God's doing through us right now, is still not all that there is to see. It's going to keep getting bigger. So it's, we're going to be amazed. 
a year from now at what God is doing. Not has done, is doing. Amen? So, this week, we need work. I'm not going to say we need help. We need work. We need people to show up this week between 9 o'clock in the morning and 8 o'clock at night, and we need people. Yes? I believe so. Because we have stuff coming this week. Tomorrow I'm going to go get the stuff from uh, Dresser. We have stuff coming on Wednesday from Abundant Life. So, but what the deal is, is I, what we don't want it to be is so overwhelming that it's just like this huge pile again. We'll, we'll, was that fun? <laughs> but we need help. So we need work. We need work. So what I need is, here's the deal. Commit every family, every person commit to being here at least one hour this week. Come for an hour. Sort. Come for two hours if you can. Come and sort a box. Come and sort three boxes. Whatever you can, a, a part you can chew off this week, come and do it. Come and be a part of what God's doing as a whole. The clothing, I know some people brought clothing. There's already clothing stacked up in the middle room back here. I know some people brought clothing. Bring it in, put it on that side. Stack it over on that side over there. Yep, before and after. That's the, the finish. We need, we need work this week. Everybody get involved. Everybody. Not just six people. Last time we had six people who were here night and day. Eight people. Whatever it was. And those people, I'm very grateful for those eight people. But those eight people want more work to be alongside them this week. Amen? It's time to receive our offering. Thank you for letting me go. Actually, you had no, no you know, you couldn't. I just, I, just took, I just took the extra time. Next week, it'll be shorter. I'll shorten up the service. We'll have a short week. Oh, I've done it before. You know I've done it before. I did it 